Seems like every local in the valley here has a mountain bike. This sport is really exploding. I break the law. I ride illegal trip. And it's getting away from the cops, the cars, the concrete. is a Chinese down here. Skiers and snowboarders together on a run, you're looking for trouble. You know, they get on skis and they just think they can overcome the world. The more you go around, the more you're going to find out. I like to think that death is out of the question. The life starts at 40 miles an hour. You ride the chairlift for two or three weekends and you have to go like climb hills all week just to be even with God, you know. Welcome to Mind the Track with Palbot and Trail Whisperer, ramblings from the skin track in winter, single track in summer, celebrating the core lords, and fostering the culture of mountain life in the Sierra Nevada and Great Basin. Today is December 17th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 28. By the way, thanks for listening, folks. Help spread the word. Leave Mind the Track a rating and review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and now YouTube. Got feedback or a core lord we should chat with? Drop us a line at mindthetrackpodcast at gmail.com, at mindthetrack on Instagram, or just go to our website at mindthetrack.com and let us know what you think of the show. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us a rating and review. It helps us get discovered and it helps this show get into the ears of more listeners. We are recording this evening from the festive holiday household of Kerswan Johnsonheimer along the Truckee River here in Verdi. Aside uh, me is the uh, always professor of the pow wearing his mussel-toe sweater shirt thing. <laughs> I love it. This, is, this was my addition to an ugly sweater. <laughs> And I've got my 60s vintage Swiss hand-sewn silk thing that is like... You're looking very German. Half, yeah, half half ugly sweater, half kind of cool vintage sweater, maybe. I don't know. People see it and they go, is that really an ugly sweater? It looks kind of neat. I'm like, I don't know. Some people think it's ugly. I think it's kind of... It's warm. I can tell you that much. You're looking like a thin mint. Oh, Thin mint. A German thin mint. <laughs> a German thin mint. What's what's German for thin mint? I gotta I gotta look that up. I should know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are here this evening with our first return guest. Uh, we had him on the show episode eleven, way back in our youth when we were first, Just. you know, newly minted podcasters. We know. were. We, we were on a run of recording inside of your RV. <laughs> we were, yeah. yeah. It was like we were like homeless podcasters. We were just like in the back of the Sun Raider. We, we've moved into the living room now. Yeah, now we're in the living room. Uh, the, the, we the kicked wife. Swan John out. She, Swan John's been relegated to the bedroom. Uh, thank you, Swan John. Yeah, thanks, Swan John. Yeah, we have a, a, re, a repeat <laughs> offender. It's our first one. Jake Mon is back. Jake Mon is back. Welcome back, Jake Mon. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you, absolutely. You made it back from your grand summer adventure. Yeah, me and the bike both made it back. It was uh, in one piece. One piece. A couple of broken pieces along the way, but I'm sure we'll get into that. <laughs> and was it was it all downhill on the way back? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> it was a short car ride, though. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the that's the funniest part about doing like a big bike adventure. You like take all these weeks, months to get to this one spot, and then you're back in 12 hours. You're like, shit, man, that was like a quick trip. Like, <laughs> it's a trip for sure. <laughs> yeah, you. I think you mentioned today that you had to come back to Truckee for a wedding at one point. Oh and yeah, it had taken you 28 days to get up there. <laughs> And then it took you 28 hours to come back on the train. Yep. It was kind of a, it was a reality check. I was like, wow, you know what? I did see everything in between at a slower speed and got to experience the land and all the mountains and volcanoes in between. But yeah, it was not demoralizing, but in that realm of, of things, I would say. So how many days were you on the bike this summer? Uh, June 3rd until the last days of August. I was living okay. on uh, on my bike in a tent, being a very smelly man, eating a <laughs> boatload of calories. <laughs> how many How many people did you think you offended with your smell? Oh, any store that I walked into, <laughs> that's for sure. Was it like an? It's kind of like when someone gets a whiff of skunk, they automatically they're like, "Did you see anyone do that?" Yeah, a couple fell over too, and they were just. <laughs> <laughs> right like passed on. out. Yeah. So uh, I, I'll share with you the the one and only bikepacking trip I went on was down the Lost Coast, which I think I mentioned on your last pod. But it was on that trip that we had stopped over at the Honeydew store, which is in the middle of nowhere in NorCal. And when we walked into the store, the woman that owned it got out a can of Lysol. <laughs> oh my god! And started spraying it around the store while we were in there. And I That's a at, sign. I looked at one of my buddies and I was like, we just got Lysol and honeydew. And like, there's a grip of like crusty weed growers that live up in that zone that have to smell worse than we did. <laughs> <laughs> but we got Lysol. I didn't get Lysol this summer, unfortunately. Okay, good. I could have used it though. <laughs> well, we're going to get into your yeah, trip we'll into in that. detail. Um, but before we do... We should run through a few things. Like we definitely let's start with some shout outs. Yeah. Um, the last few weeks um, since we had our Downeyville episode, uh, we've had a lot of great um, feedback. feedback. I got some good feedback at the slideshow I did. Oh, yeah. How did your slideshow go? The slideshow went good. Yeah, nice. Good, good stories. Good laughs. Some, some good photos. Yeah. For, for a first time, for a first attempt at it, I think I did okay. You're going to take it on the road? Do some more venues. Step about, it up. I don't know about that, but maybe if we take mine the track on the road, we can. Yeah, we there you go. Do, we should do that at some point. Yeah, but yeah, it went good. But we got I got some good shout outs from some people there that are fully enjoying the pod. Nice. Yeah, I had a uh, few people. Um, this one guy, Jed Ritchie, who I've ridden with once before. He's uh, he's got a crew from Marin that comes up to Downeyville all the time and has listened to all the episodes and. I guess he goes, he also is a fan of my writing back when I was the angry, angry single speeder. Um, so thanks, Jed, for reading and listening and being a supporter. Um, he recommended that we uh, interview Todd Barber. Mm. And Todd is uh, a core lord. He was the uh, founder of the Red Bull Rampage. Mm -hmm. And he lives here in Tahoe. Well, he spends a lot of time up here. Um, but he also, back in the day, started the Squaw Valley Mountain Bike Festival which was like the, or the fat tire festival, which was kind of the predecessor before, um, the Red Bull rampage. So that was a great recommendation. Jed, thanks for that. We'll definitely be, uh, putting on Todd on the short list. Um, had another friend reach out. This is a funny story. So my friend, James Brumfield, who lives here in the neighborhood, um, he and his wife were driving in the car 
and their kids were in the back seat and they were listening to the show. And James was like, ah, the kids aren't paying it. You know, they're in the back seat. They're not paying attention. They don't care about a couple of schmucks talking about bikes and no. snowboards. No, they're not. Yeah, they don't care, right? And so they're listening to the Downeyville episode. And James says, suddenly from the back seat of the car, I hear, Dad, what's a cocaine bear? <laughs> He's like, oh, great. Thanks. Now I got to have that conversation with my kids. <laughs> So thanks, James, for that shout out. Um, Nate Hansen, who uh, works uh, for Patagonia, he's uh, uh, brought a, a couple uh, crews of Patagonia employees out to our trail days to mm -hmm. do trail work. Um, he recommended that we in interview this guy, uh, Tom Carter, mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. inter innovated this. Uh, uh, have you ever heard of the Redline Traverse? Oh, yeah. He was. Yeah. A couple of people redid it last year. Yeah, 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 right. They did a fil short film about it or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, so Nate recommended Tom. So I've got his number. He was also uh, a heli guide in the Rubies yeah, he, for 30 he got years. Rubies off and running. Yeah, so he'd be a good interview to just get to know more about the Redline Traverse and, and the Ruby Mountains yeah. and that whole operation. Um, Joe Neckles, um, I haven't met him in person yet, but he lives here in town and he said he. One of his reviews, thank you for reviewing and, and giving us a pod, positive review. Joe said, the past three to four episodes have been some of the best podcast episodes on all things Tahoe I've ever listened to. Mm -hmm. So Boom. thanks. Thank you. We're trying to make it as tahoe as we can, man. Represent ba the place. Cocaine bears and all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like, I if that bear had eaten that poor woman and in Tahoe, that would have made national yeah, news. I can't for believe sure. that story did not make national news. I can't believe it either. I can't That's believe it. That's what a couple either. people mentioned to me when when they reached out on the pod. They're like, "How did how didn't we not know about that?" Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, one other shout out that I thought this was an interesting one. Uh, a guy, uh, his name's Topher. He um, he bought a, a make Downeyville Gold again hat from me, and we were chatting. And I was like, he's like, yeah, I've, I found the podcast. I've been listening to it. It's awesome. I love it. I was like, how'd you find it? And he goes, it was suggested to me. And I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, what other outdoor podcasts do you listen to? And he's like, none. And I'm like, none? He goes, no, I don't listen to any. You're the only one. I'm like, oh, that's weird. The algorithms, dude. We got the algorithm. The algorithms our, are side. I guess so. They, they know that we're using AI to get the snow report. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, They're, man. <laughs> AI is going to take over. We might as well just like... Wrap this up Wrap now. this up because AI, AI is just going to take over the show pretty soon. So It already knows probably more about skiing and biking than we do. Probably. I don't... I actually, I don't know about that. <laughs> have you ever asked? I don't know. I'll, I'll do that. I'll have to ask Snoop if... AI knows more about more about the stuff that we know. <laughs> yeah, you know, on the topic of uh, the bear the bear situation in Downeyville that we talked about on mm -hmm. the last episode, there was a news uh, another bear incident in Sierra County. This time, it was in Calpine. This was a few days ago. A bear attacked a man in his backyard, bit him on the arm and like the hand in the leg and, and he shot it the dude ran into his house got a shotgun and shot the bear and wounded it and then fish and wildlife showed up and and killed it but it attacked it was like attacked his dog and then attacked him so it's it's real out there but that was only like a short that was only a short bear nap after 
we recorded the Downhill episode that that happened. Yeah, that was a few days after. And then have you seen on the socials, there's been two incidents in South Lake this week of a bear running across the middle of the White Ribbon of Death. I did see that, the bear on the White Ribbon of Death. Yeah, yeah. and then there was another one. There was, a, I think, a f- mom and two cubs. I don't think it was on the White Ribbon of Death, but I think it was underneath the chair. Oh, yeah, I saw that one too, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been an, an, a bear active week in these parts. Well, it hasn't snowed enough yet. They're not, it's like, I don't think they're hibernated fully yeah. yet because they're like, oh, it's still kind of... They're still out trying nice to shred out. the brown pal like we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, bike season's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, this, you know what, then? I'm ready for the bears to hibernate. I am, too. I really am. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of, of of riding a bike. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got, I got a little taste of it last week. It was a week ago that we got that one little surprise storm. Mm-hmm. And it, and it overproduced and there was actually some good turns to be had if you, if you knew where to go. Yeah. Uh, there was some good, good skiing. Um, well on that topic, uh, what's, what's it looking like? What's it looking like? Yeah. So, you know, Snoop, I reached out to Snoop Yeah. the other week uh-huh. and, uh, he had, had given us a report, but then he had to, <laughs> he had to bag it because we canceled an episode. Oh and yeah, then, and so then he just kind of re, he merged basically a little bit of last week's report with now because things have changed a little bit. Okay, I think so. Uh, are we ready to get into it? I, I mean, think we Snoop, should. Snoop called in this morning with a fresh hot report. Let's let's serve it up then, right. fresh and hot. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, where do I find that? I thought you had him on speed dial. I do. Okay. Well, I had to speed dial and then he recorded it. Oh, right. This this is freshly recorded. This is pre-recorded fresh this morning. It's in front of a live studio audience. For all you core lords out there, this is Snowpod Dive with the weekly Mime Z-Track Snow Sizzle My Dizzle Powderific Snow Report for the week of December 17, 2023. Okay. Hopefully all you core lords out there was able to get some from that last surprise storm. Snoop Pod Dive loves a storm that overproduces and be a chill pod baller if you know where to find that shiznit. I had most of this report written out for last week, but you slackers had to cancel your pod. Luckily, not much has changed overall for any baller forecast for power. The power train has been tracking up down to Alaska and possibly parts of the southwest for this week and leaving the entire west side high and dry. Yo ass ever hear of the really resilient ridge? The bitch has been back. And her big-ass booty shizzle has been set up off the coast of California, and it's as ugly as a lowrider with bald tires trying to get over Donner's summit in a snowstorm. And Snoop Pow Dog don't jive with ugly high-pressure ridges, nor spun out lowriders. What's mostly been going down for Pow up in the west side lately is Zilch, Nil, Nodden, Zip, Diddly Squat, Upkeys, basically Jack Squat. All the powder core lords up in the west side United Hoods have been tripping off some sunny days searching for stale backcountry pal, riding groomers and bikes, and keep religiously reading the open snow forecast every last month of the morning wishing for a crizzle miracle under the tree. Everyone better start busting the crib pal walk dance and start busting sacrifices up at Julie cause we needed to have. The good news is that the dry spell we have been cursed with is ending this week. And some warm-ass storms are trying to push the straight-up really resilient lame-ass ridge out of the way so that some tastier chronic storms can make their way into the west side. Mammoth. 
and the higher terrain of the Sierras could be turning on at some point later midweek after this first series of storms moves through. After that, this pow dog is going to be locked and loaded and ready to navigate a gang-banging, finger-licking, dirty, ashes a pile of snow and bury tourists up in Tahoe as it might get real. Till next report, get some. <laughs> All right. Wow, that's a mouthful. Dude, that's <laughs> Snoop's laying it down, man. He's getting into this. He's never been more interested in snow in his life, I bet. Yeah, I think he's a certified pow addict. It seems that way. Yeah, it seems that way. All right. I mean, well, you don't, you don't, actually, you don't. I mean, you, people don't even need to really go any, to any other weather sources other than the Snoop Report once I a mean, week. Yeah. He's, he just lays it down. He doesn't mess around. I like that bald tires over, <laughs> low rider with bald tires in the snowstorm <laughs> on Donner's Summit. <laughs> Can't you just add? I have a vision of that happening. I think oh, it, yeah. I think it pretty sure. much happens every storm now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they're like Teslas. With bald tires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's the electric version of a low rider. Right, yeah, an electric low rider. I don't know if it's weather. It's it's maybe weather related, but a strange story that I came across was um I don't know if you saw this like thousands and thousands of dead fish washed up on the shore of Japan. Did you hear about this one? I did not. Yeah, so it's like our sardines and mackerels and all these fish were washing up dead. Um near Hokkaido, which is an island on the north of Japan. Scientists said that the best logical explanation they could give for it was either the fish were avoiding a pred predators like dolphin or uh, warming ocean temperatures. And so, I'm, of course, I'm, my first reaction is like, Honga Tonga, man. That's is deep sea ocean temps. It's Honga Tonga. And uh, so one of our listeners, Daniel Edelstein, who has actually sent us a few articles about Hunga Tonga and like from scientists, like, is it, is this whole Hunga Tonga thing like with weather for real? And it was interesting. These articles he sent, I read through them and you know, this, it, this guy was a climate scientist at Texas A&M and uh, he has this, uh, he has this, po this blog called the climate brink and <laughs> it, and he talks about is Hunga Tonga affecting weather around the world? And in a short answer, not, at all no and you know i was a little disappointed because he said like the climate deniers are saying that honga tonga is and i'm like dude i i'm not a climate denier i'm just saying there was this huge thing that happened right and maybe it has an effect on the weather and so he goes through and 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 explains why um honga tonga has not had effect on like global air temperatures like so you know like the heat wave that we had this last mm -hmm. summer, it's not attributed to Hunga Tonga because it blew all of the water vapor and and um, and and gases up into the upper stratosphere, like way out into space. So it it didn't really like act as like a, a blanket over you know the atmosphere to trap in the heat. But what he didn't address though was the undersea temperatures. Remember we were talking with BA and mm -hmm. he was talking about how the ocean temps right now, especially deep down are like super warm. He, he didn't address that. Again, it goes back to like, what could cause crazy deep undersea temperature swing, like an increase in such a short amount of time, perhaps the biggest undersea explosion in recorded history. 
right? Like stuff like that. So or continued volcanic activity and yeah, in the well, Pacific Rim. So there was a there was a um, there was a, a volcanic eruption that happened like a month or two ago off the coast of Iwo Jima, which is not far from Japan, and it actually created a new island. And so I, I was thinking, well, maybe that's what killed those fish, right? Like, who knows? Like, it's not that far from Japan and the way, like, ocean currents run. Like, maybe it pushed, like, those, like, toxic gases towards Japan. Who the, who, who knows? I don't know. I don't even know why I brought this stuff up. <laughs> like, well, anything that relates to Honga Tonga, I'm could, in on. Could, right? I just, like, I just like saying Honga Tonga, and I'm looking for excuses to say Honga Tonga. So there you go. <laughs> Jake, do you believe in Honga Tonga? Oh, of course. I mean, okay. there's no other explanation for the phenomenon that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, one other story that I wanted to mention that I thought was interesting before we jump into Jake's uh, d- adventures was um, Reno, Nevada has mm, among the lowest this. homeless rate in America right now. They have reduced their homeless population by something like 60% in the last 18 months. And they're, it's really interesting. The peop, the, like the city has figured out, they've adopted this um, program. I can't remember the name of it, but the program basically like identifies every single homeless person by name and their circumstances. And they know everyone on the street and they figure out a way to get them housed. And so this has had a, a pretty big effect, like positively on getting people off the street. And they built this like giant, it's like an out, it's like one of those huge outdoor tents, right? A huge tent that's sealed. And then they have these little like living pods mm-hmm. and they're putting people in these living pods and it's, it's working. It's been super successful. It's been super successful. And like, that was always been my biggest concern with Reno as, as Reno grows, you know, it's like, what's going to happen with, um, you know, cause you look at Sacramento and San Francisco and Portland and Seattle, the homeless situation in these cities, Los Angeles, like are, it's just untenable, man. It's terrible. And, uh, Reno has managed to avoid that. Um, so that was great to read. Um, cause you know, nobody wants, I, I don't want to go downtown and like, like last night we went downtown, um, to the High Fives uh, annual fundraiser, which was really awesome. And we parked like right by the Reno Event Center and it was easy you outside on the street. Oh, yeah, dude, easy. Yeah. You didn't have to walk over some tents. Didn't have to step in human feces or anything like that. It was great, you know? Yeah, that, that project that they had was well done. You know, they got some, they got land in a, and it looked like it was sort of in a commercial area, but. Yep. You know, they, they built these tiny homes and then the people that got to move in, like have a little sense of ownership and they looked like they were taking care of it. And it was yep. just a win-win, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, everything they were doing with that project. I read that same article and it looked like it was a win for Reno. Yeah. And then, in me- and in the means, you know, then like, meanwhile, like Truckee sounds like they've been having problems with homeless. There are some homeless folks up there. Yeah. 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 And they're down, they're downtown. You know, I'm not downtown anymore. So I, I'm not, you don't see him. I, yeah. I, I'm not managing it anymore. But yeah, right before I started, stopped working, it was there's a bit of an issue with it downtown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, there's an, another crisis that's happening in Truckee right now. I don't know if you heard about this, but, um, you know, uh, Avant Works, which is an Audi uh-huh. uh, uh, repair. Oh, yeah. I know, like, Drew. 
Man, man, so they shut down. Avantworks Drew shut down? They're closed. Why? Uh, because he can't recruit talent when a three-bedroom, two-bath house costs one and a half million dollars. And so, um, yeah, maybe, you know, now that people uh, in Truckee who have multi-million dollar houses can't afford to or can't find someone to fix their Audi, maybe they'll finally do something about the housing issue in Truckee. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good positive spin on that. (laughs) Finally, it's come to a breaking point. Nobody can work on my Audi. We got to do something about this. Well, I mean, that's, I've always said that's, it's like the crumbling of all the essential services. Like when you can't get your tires rotated, the bank of the West finally just, they reopened to be back to being five days a week. Yeah. But they were the branch. Not in Truckee. No, the branch in Truckee is open five days a week now. Thursday, Thursdays only. Thursdays only. That's what I want. They said that they were back open again. Oh, I'm, I'm still banking with them for some reason. With bank of the West? Well, they're BMO now. Yes, BMO. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, Thursdays only. Still, past two years. Yeah, one day a week. One I day thought, a week I for they a bank. Gotten, uh, yeah, yeah, two years now. I thought they Pretty made it wild. back to five to five days a week, but no, not quite. I thought they did too. When I was on my adventure this summer, I heard they made a switch, and I had all these card issues switching over and whatnot. But yeah, the, I mean the essential services. I mean when you can't, yeah, Avantworks was a long running business. In oh Turkey. yeah, no, yeah, twenty plus years. Man. Drew had been there a long time. Yep. Yeah, I read that article. I was like, wow, that's that really tells you something, right? Like when you can't bring in people and, and you know, um, mechanics make good money. Mm-hmm. They make good money, like especially in a place like Truckee where you can charge pretty much whatever you want to charge if you're a good shop and reputable shop. Like, But even, even making good money, you still can't afford to buy a house. Um, so It's just a way to, it's, I, yeah. someone was telling me about how they had a friend who was a, uh, like an electrician and squat they went and interviewed at squaw and the hourly rate was 20 or 25 dollars an hour for like a journeyman electrician and he was like yeah no i think i'll pass on that yeah well when is the uh winter solstice it's coming up in a couple of days here right yeah it's our yeah the I mean, 21st or is it the 22nd i, I think it's the confused. 21st they're usually on the 21st all right so you know Every year we like to celebrate the seasons. This is Vivaldi's, which one is this? The winter? This is winter. This, so we, at, at this point now, Kurt, we've covered all, we've hit all four seasons. This we've is made the it beginning. four seasons. We've made it four seasons. Ooh, mind the track made it four seasons. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So let's take this in for a minute. It's when I first edited this today and downloaded it, it made me think of that. We just have to be patient. Be patient for winter. And then it hits. <laughs> oh, like the build? Yeah, it's like a slow build. Yeah, yeah. This is a beautiful piece of music, actually. It's very intense. It's like being caught on Highway 80 in a low rider with ball tires. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, what is this? What does this make you think of when you hear this? Well, from the music, it just kind of sounded like end of December is going to hit heavy. It's going to cool down. Yeah. January. And then February. And March. Oh, dang. And April. Oh, God. It's going to dump. <laughs> I, like, I like the way you're thinking. That's what it sounds like. It does. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh May? 
It's hanging on. Well, so we, we'd on. already be into the next season by then. <laughs> oh, that's May, true. Yeah, because it's the spring solstice is the 21st of April. Don't ruin it for us, Tom. <laughs> it might extend this year. I heard. Yeah, <laughs> it's, since don't, it's a month late. Don't kill the don't kill the vibe, bro. <laughs> we were we were vibing on winter, and you just killed it. Come on, man. I know you like skiing in May. All right, so there yeah, you go. For fourth season. Fourth season, we've it, made it. What do you think about this whole past year, Tom? Have you been enjoying doing the pod? I have. Yeah, it's been a good. It's been a fun ride to be along with your bike world this summer. Yeah, and getting to meet all the people in the bike world and go on some fun rides that I would probably never would have been a part of. So I I feel really blessed and and stoked that I was able to be a part of that. Yeah, and I'm I'm just simply waiting for winter to finally show up so i can hopefully pay it forward for you yeah we can shred some pow and put her mind in the skin track for a couple months yeah it's it's cool how it went from like when we started this thing we were in the heart of the biggest winter ever and things were intense and crazy and and it was fun to uh document that that season right that like pretty memorable year people aren't gonna soon forget the winter of 22 23 yeah yeah, so that was really cool to get the show started during that time. And then just through the summer, I think it's kind of the theme we talked about last episode was just like the greatest season after greatest season after greatest season. I mean, we are still technically in fall for the next couple of days. And we just mm-hmm. did our bike ride today. Yeah, still shredding bikes. We got up to seven, almost 7,000 feet elevation. And there's still dirt to be had in certain spots if you know where to look. Um, so it's hanging on for a few more days anyway. It looks like tomorrow's going to get wet. Warm, warm and wet. Yeah, warm and wet. Well, speaking of warm and wet, um, Jake spent a lot of time being warm and wet on his adventures. <laughs> I was wet with sweat and more than anything. <laughs> hot and wet then? You were hot, hot and wet? It was a hot and wet summer. For, for myself. So for people who didn't listen to uh, episode 11, give us a quick recap of uh, your journey. Um, when we talked to you on episode 11, you gave us kind of a, a rundown of what you were planning to do. But uh, talk to us about what your plan was, where you were going, and then let's dive into the adventure a little. Sure. Yeah, I uh, set out for uh, yet another bikepacking trip. This one was from Truckee all the way up to uh I ended up going all the way to Bellingham, Washington, but just a Truckee to Port Townsend was the original goal and kind of have a little guilt of being that privileged to take off that much time from work and do that. So I did a fundraiser for World Bicycle Relief and raised almost $8,000, which equates to almost 50 bikes for people in third world countries, which is, you know, just absolutely amazing to be able to change lives well, by yeah. riding your own bike. That's awesome, dude. Um, but yeah, so set out and... June 3rd, I left Truckee and started bebopping all the way up through the top of California to in Oregon and then into Washington. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a rad summer to say the least of a lot of serendipities and small small world stories. So like two months, pretty much? It's like th- almost three. Almost Just three. Just a couple of days shy of three months of living on the bike. Um, took me about a month to get up to Port Townsend. 
And from there, I had to come back for a wedding. So it took me about 28 days to get up, 28 hours to get back, and then got shoved <laughs> in the back of a car all hungover from my best friend's wedding and driven up to Bend and then to Portland, took the train back up to Seattle and retrieved my bike and continued the adventures up to oh wow the, the motherland of Bellingham. How was Beham? It was H- wild. Had you been there before? Not once. Uh, my buddy drove my full suspension bike up. So I linked up with him when I rolled into town, stayed at his friend's house, checked off some trails, some different zones, and then him and I ended up doing a nice 10-day, 450-mile loop out to eastern Washington, Wenatchee, up to Lake Chelan, and then back over Stevens Pass, back to Snoqualmie, on, I'd say, probably about like 70% single track. Wow, wow. Yeah, and six of the nine days of pedaling, we did over like f- over five grand uh, of vertical gain. What's the um, is that the Gifford Pinchot National Forest through there? Uh, that was like Cascades. Cascades. Gifford okay. Pinchot is going to be in between Helens and Adams. Oh, okay. And yep. then up towards like Rainier. Gotcha, gotcha. So just north of that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Um, what was your favorite stretch of your trip? Oh man. I know that's a generic question. I mean, you brought up the Gifford Pinchot, so that comes to mind immediately. Really? It was you, some pretty amazing trails uh, there, right? It was. I mean, it was lush. It was a lot of water. It's green. There's moss growing on the roads. Um, my buddy Danny joined me for at the Oregon border, so we did uh, Hood River all the way to Port Townsend together. So it's cool to share an, the experience with a, a good friend and also a really ripping biker. Yeah, um, we got into some good single track and not over our heads, but it was that threshold of riding a loaded bike. Yeah, because how much was your bike weigh? Like fifty pounds? Probably just over. Yeah, yeah. I think I got it down at that time. It's probably about sixty. Mm-hmm. Then I got it down to about like fifty-five. Um, once I I took my back rack off and then used a saddlebag designed for a dropper post and traveled a lot lighter from there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, what do you, um, what do you think about riding with a, a fully set up bike? How long it did it take you to get adapted to that added weight and like the balance difference? Um, <clears throat> this is my first trip with the karate monkey. So it was definitely a little bit of a learning curve with the shock and, or the front fork and, uh, getting your bags like all super tight to the bike so there's no like leeway of balance yeah um but the rear rack is super solid so you're not having any of your gear shift from side to side and everything just finds its place in each bag after five days yeah um your toothbrush gets slid into next to your pots and pans and Mm -hmm. your stove goes in your pan and your sleeping bag and sleep setup go in the same spot pretty much every night you know so does it get does your setup maybe get smaller as the trip goes on because you figure out ways to pack things more efficiently or do you have it pretty much dialed before you left um good question the thing with bike packing is if you have bags you're gonna fill those bags if you have space to put things you're gonna put things there yeah 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 you know i could you you could use an extra pair of underwear you know, or an extra pair of chamois, or a raincoat, or an extra base layer, or whatever it be. Um, or like a tchotchke from a roadside store you found? Did yeah, you? totally. A little cocktail umbrella. I had one of those for a while that I carried around <laughs> with me. So get up to Washington and have a rainy and just 
right in there. Um, yeah, a bunch of silly items. I had some funny sunglasses for the whole summer um, that were gifted to me that I rocked. But yeah, it was it was a full summer of laughs and hanging out with random ass people and having good experiences up and down the the mountain range. Essentially, it was on mm-hmm. Volcano Tour. That's sweet. So you know, Kurt, there's a French term for what Drake was describing, which is mise en place. Mise en place. Mise en place. I think I've heard of this before. Is that like Biggie Smalls party and bullshit? (laughs) No, it actually comes from the restaurant world, sort of, but also even from the boat world. But everything has its place. Hmm. And you learn that probably quickly on a bike trip. Yeah, Yeah, there's not a lot of space to put anything. And if it's not where it needs to be, you sort it out quickly. Totally. Yeah. And you said it took you about five days to figure that out. Yeah, if even. If even. You know. Yeah, day one was a little bit scrambly. Uh, my buddy Eli joined me to ride from Truckee all the way up to the Lost and Found Gravel Grinder where I saw you. Yeah. And <laughs> camped in the back of the, behind the truck. And <clears throat> we had a little send-off party the night before and you know, na- naturally stayed up until the morning pre-bike trip. So the bike was packed probably by six in the morning or so. It's a little haphazardly or what? <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah, that's one way to say it. I think there were yeah. haircuts and hairspray being thrown around my buddy's bathroom at the wee hours of the night. <laughs> um, so it was, a, it was a slow start, but we made it up to Portola. And you got to cut your I, hair before a trip like that. It's kind of like the thing you do, right? It's kind of like oh, the yeah, pre-trip yeah. hairdo extravaganza, right? It to, was monument the start of the trip hands down the most botched haircut i've ever did you have in my life. racing stripes in the side of your head one side one side had ra- they they racing tried st- and then i cut them off <laughs> i mean it was it was quite the scene i won't get into what the were you, details were you using but... like a floby or just like a, a, a shears or what oh just like the classic the, like ten dollar the... walls thing you'll get down at yeah, well, yeah, you yeah. know right aid or something yeah well not right aid anymore they're closed but like some dog shears yeah very yeah it was a it was, oh, right. it was a rough one but right aid closed too right aid closed things discontinued so when you let out a truckie this spring did you just immediately ride into a wall of snow um from last winter yeah because yeah, you left in early june there was still a ton of snow in the mountains did right? that affect your plan and your route a little bit yeah i brought my beacon probe and shovel <laughs> and uh <laughs> came in hand no i did not <laughs> Uh, day one was pretty smooth up to Fortola. Uh, from there, I made it north of Susanville on all back roads, and it was there was a lot of lot of snow, um, feet of snow still. Yeah. Um, the ride down in Susanville was pretty cool. Um, north of there, I went to go. I wanted to go up Lassen Pass, but that was just not plowed, and that's mm-hmm. usually plowed around the fourth. Um, right. Of like first week of June. Memorial Day usually. Yeah. 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 So I had to make an alternate route, um, cutting Lassen out and going north towards Old Station. Did you go eat, like east of Lassen, like out in the desert kind of? Yeah. It wasn't quite desert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but along the shoulder of it or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you the name of the, the roads, but found a lot of snow, just did like an up and over to try and ride as much dirt as possible. Ended up hiking my bike. Up about eight miles uphill and just snow and down trees and like trying to pick my bike up and over full trees like fresh down trees yeah from yeah, the from big last mi- winter from the winter yeah yeah um nobody had been up there 
no snowmobiles, no dirt bikes. Dang. And how much snow was there, like, at the most, like, when you were walking it? Oh, probably about, like, four feet still on oh, that road. Wow. So I got up and over and dropped down and made it in an old station that night. But... And was that the... Was that the big detour? Was was there more than one big detour, or was that the main big detour? Yeah, there was a couple for sure. Um, just some alternate alternates, but that was a big one. Yeah, um, I really wanted to go up and over Lassen, but more dirt. You were just gonna take eighty nine, like the the road through the national park. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. that the timing would line up right because they plow it, and then cars aren't allowed up and over it. Right, quite right, yet. Right, right, right. So I was really crossing my fingers and trying to manifest that being like the window of me being up there, but. Mm -hmm. That one didn't quite work out, which was fine. Um, uh, That's always a good time to go up there and ski it. Yeah. When the road opens and the yeah, snow right. open to cars and then you can zip up with your e-bike. Exactly. And get lasting. Or exactly. your acoustic bike. Or your acoustic bike. Yeah. Uh, if you're not into the rum Amish Springer. bike. Is Amish. Is rum Springer. The rum Springer. And the rum, yeah. <laughs> We're trying to set a, a, a terminology standard here, you know? So... Jake, the, you had mentioned that you were trying to do some other historic routes too. Were there any uh, really cool historic trails that you jumped eventually jumped on, or um, I did a couple that were established routes. Okay, um, is that what you're, you're referring to? Or just to, an or? old historic trail, or, or you know, I did hit the Biz Johnson bike trail, yeah, which is nice. pretty cool. The old rail trail there. Yep. The Biz Johnson is awesome. Um, that In was Susanville. Pretty, yeah, right? yeah, that was Susanville. Pretty wild to see um, after the burn. Yep. The fire that went through there. Yep. It was hot. I mean, there's no shade. Yep. And water mm -hmm. water was pretty sparse there, too. Yep. Um, yeah. Pretty devastating to see, for sure. Now, the... Were there... The Dixie... I, I know there was the sheep fire, which burned, like, the upper part of the trail, like, going towards Westwood. But did the Dixie fire burn another section of it? I'm not sure. I, I was under the impression that it was the Dixie, but... I could be totally wrong on that. No, that that burned because we rode the um, we rode the Biz Johnson like three weeks before the Dixie Fire happened. Oh wow! And it had and we rode through a huge burn zone. And I think the year before it was called the Sheep Fire, I believe, burned mm -hmm. all of that. But the Dixie Fire also burned almost into Susanville. So I I know I think the Dixie Fire hit for Donner Pass maybe. But anyway, like yeah, it's like you. You, the, the lower section from town where you go through the tunnels, mm -hmm. the old train tunnels, which are super cool. Super cool. I love riding into those old train tunnels because like you, you, you like you start riding in and then you can't see anything except for a light way off in the, the distance. End of the tunnel. Yeah. Those ones are pretty, those ones are pretty, a good threshold of getting in the middle and you're like, I'll be good without a light. Right. You get in the middle. You're like, Oh, I can't see anything at all. <laughs> Yeah. And then I hope wait, there's like, not a tombstone rock waiting for me. Yeah, or ice patch or yeah. or, a, or a troll. <laughs> <laughs> wanting a toll, a, a troll wanting a toll. Yeah. <laughs> just hit, just stop your front tire. Yep. Five dollars to get by. Biz Johnson Trail. <laughs> giving you a heads up if you go back up there. It's. I mean, they call it Biz Johnson for reason because somebody's making a biz off all your money <laughs> when they charge you to go through the tunnel. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a cool route. Um, did you ride through Klamath Falls? Yeah, I did. Yep. Did you ride any of the trails in Klamath Falls? 
I did not. I heard there's some really good mountain biking in Klamath Falls. Yeah, I ran a, I ran into a guy um, who worked for, oh gosh, I don't want to say this on the podcast, but I think he worked for Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry if I'm wrong, Scott. Um, and he was telling me about, about the trails out there. Um, he came up to me mm-hmm. and was like, hey. Where are you riding? Blah blah blah. Oh, so he just yeah. came, he just saw you riding and just chatted you up. Yeah, I had a delayed start. I had to get my third coffee of the morning before getting going up and over and yeah. heading north towards uh, Crater Lake. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he came came by and said hello. And I've ridden there; it's fun. You've you've ridden Klamath Falls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled the old red side attraction heading up there. I was heading to uh, Oak Ridge a couple years ago, and just pulled. I had left later in the day, so I wasn't going to make it in a full day. And, uh, you know, it's always fun to just sort of pull out the trail forks when you're on the road. Yep. And yep. it was like, oh, look, there's trail here. And, and what'd so you think? It was rad. Yeah, yeah it was really good. Uh, there was some trail. So I rode, it was a little east of town. No, sorry. It was a little west of town above this reservoir. Mm-hmm. And there was a pretty extensive trail network uh, with some newer trail, a little float, little section of flow trail even. Mm-hmm. And then there was a whole bunch of older, raw, sort of old school single track. It was fun. Yeah, I had a day of it. I cool. think I went for like a 16-mile ride there. Yeah, I'd like, like to, I'd like to make that a future trip. Yeah, it's a great way to break up the trek up to Oak Ridge totally. or Bend. Stop over. You stop over there, and yeah. then I uh, slept in the parking lot of the Walmart, which is what you do. <laughs> what you do. In Klamath when, Falls. When I think so, yeah. I think is that what you what do when you're, uh, when you're uh, artisanal homeless personing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, you're not going to get the knock on the... I you know I hate getting the knock. The knock sucks. The knock's the worst thing. It's like such a two in the morning. Kill. Two in the morning. Oh, the did, knock. Did so, you get Did you get any yeah, knocks? Did you get any knocks like, on your tent? I was like, trying to. It's it's a pretty soft tent, so I wouldn't really hear it. Um, <laughs> I did not. I had so one, no one was like, "Hey, what are you doing here, Sonny?" No, not at all. But I did have one run in with a non-human disturbance. Oh, what was that? Uh, they were black and white and striped. And they smell real bad. Oh, oh, no. And they are running straight at my face in the middle of the night. And I... What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Two of them. They're, I, I, like, woke up and I heard a little... They sp- had it out for you? Oh, yeah. I turned over. We were cow- Me and my buddy Bjorn were cowboy camping and turned the head. And I'm like, holy hell. I'm like, these things are just like, coming right at you. And I was like, hey, 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 hey. I'm like, stand up. And I'm running around in my sleeping bag. And they sprayed and then took off and, like, oh, no. went, went through, like, three camp spots. I was like holy! Did they hit you with their spray? I, I they, could. I'm I sure could it still, was close enough. I could still smell in the morning, but not, none of the gear was. I mean, did you oh, smell really? better? Uh. I'd smelled better. <laughs> it was more of a. It was more pepe le pie, perfume. Pepe le jacket. Pepe le jacque. Yeah, did not smell good all summer. It was pretty brutal. Oh man, just dude, got... vicious skunks. That sounds terrifying. Is the only it's like my, that's like one of my worst nightmares. They're like badgers. They yeah. just with like bad stinky glands. And when you your know? heads, you know, the same height as them, and you look over and they they look kind of tall. <laughs> and there were actually, there, did they have? Could you see their teeth? Were they like <sighs> as they were like coming at you? Not really. It was it was middle of the night, but I could just feel like they're they were a team. You know, they were on a mission. And that mission was not going to be successful. Well, you were in the way. I was in the way. What, they were going for your food or what? Maybe. I'm not sure. But they were, they're the little rascals. But So you were, you, oh, you were cowboy camping. You didn't have your tent. That's okay. Yeah. Got it. How often did you cowboy camp versus tent camp? Uh, not too often. 
because I, I usually sleep with my food most of the time as yeah. my pillow. Yeah. Um, and in that case, like my skin. Do you have like marshmallows? Marshmallows? Yeah, for food. Sometimes. Because it's like, oh, <laughs> for like a, a nice pillow, you know, yeah, like the marshmallows tuna, as a pillow. <laughs> the tuna packets, you know, they, they cut into the neck a little bit through the food bag. But they're definitely worth it <laughs> flavor-wise on trail, um, which I ate every day this summer. Yeah, what was your number one food? A block of cheese. I had a block of cheese with me. You had a block time. of cheese today yeah, on today's block. ride. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to keep it going. I like that. That's a it's good salty. It's and a power move right there. My brother would block approve. Block of cheese. Anti, anti-bonk. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm going to share a really funny story about my brother. Let's hear it. So he was in town. Love you, bro, love you, bro Ray. He, uh, he was in town a couple years ago, and we took him for a bike ride from on the old immigrant trail, you know, which is kind of like the, you know, intro 101 bike trail. And we ride out to uh, ride all the way out to Stampede and we get to Stampede and my, my middle brother and I, we take our clothes off and get naked and jump in the lake and start swimming around. And my, my oldest, oldest brother's just laying like dead on his back, just staring up at the sky. This, the, the ride out there had crushed him. And so like we get, get out of the water and we're like, Hey bro, like what's going on? What are you thinking about? And he's like, you know, what would be really nice right about now. And we're like, what, you know, like a beer like he's like some cheese <laughs> he's sitting, laying there daydreaming cheese. about cheese yeah <laughs> jim and I, my other brother we just look at each other and we're like oh my god he's never gonna live this down so like whenever we have an opportunity to like prank him with some cheese we like, like he stayed at our house a while back and we had like a little you know thing of like you know nicole help get a little thing of cheese for him and like some cheesy puffs and like yeah, whenever we go out to a restaurant, I always like pre-order the cheese plate. Yeah, so now he's, <laughs> cream, I love it. That's you know, that's God, what you need when you're bonking. Imagine, when totally. you're bonking, like Dude, that's I'm, what I thought when I that's what lesson I learned. I was like, you need some cheese. Imagine if Jake Mon was on your ride. Oh yeah, and Ray was laying there dead. And was like, you know what I could use right now? Some cheese. And Jake Mon's like, here, he man. He's like, boom, Dude. his head would explode. Dude, totally pulls out <laughs> a giant happened? block of sharp cheddar, <laughs> extra sharp. I got two flavors. I got extra sharp and pepper jack. What do you like? <clears throat> yeah, I think yeah, so block cheese. of cheese. Yeah, when you're just burning through that many calories, as both of you know, is your yeah. body, your cravings come through really strong. So totally, and it's easy to carry, right? Yeah, block of cheese, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty light. It's like a decent pillow. It's like it's a, semi-soft, it, right? Yeah, like six. It's like one of those firm pillows. It's like a six out of ten. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it's no, like a ten. firm pillow. Yeah, it works pretty well, especially when it's in your bike bag all day and right. it's sweaty. Did and, you buy that Tillamook cheese? That's good cheese. Yeah, it was Tillamook. I'm a big Cabot guy myself. Being oh, because you're Vermont. from, you're a syrup head. You're from Vermont, yeah. But Tillamook, you know, it's a close second, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tillamook is like, yeah, it's... Cabot is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Cabot is, I Vermont and Oregon in my mind are very similar. Like I've been in Vermont a lot, I've been in Oregon a lot, and when I'm in both those states, I'm like these two states are like sister states, and in a lot of ways, like the terrain Mm. and the culture, and and then cheese. So they have their own. Vermont has a cheese brand. Oregon has their cheese brand. There you go. You could be a so. (laughs) I have a question because, you know, when you left on this trip, you were like, yeah, I don't know. I might, uh, I might not be back. I might, I yeah, might stay yeah, up yeah. Let's there. Let's get into that. Like what, what was it? So yeah. Did you, did you leave on this trip thinking that you might end up moving to the Pacific Northwest and living there? 
I mean, I kept my my I kept the door open. Yeah. Um, which I try and do in day to day life, which is hard, but keeping an open mindset and going in, I'm like, hey, you know, a lot of people are like, dude, you should go check out Bellingham and Washington. It's, you know, kind of California, kind of Montana, kind of Oregon, mm-hmm. like all shoved up in that corner and right next to BC. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it, it was in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I had to come back here because all my belongings were in Truckee. And then I had to go to Vermont for a couple of weddings. Um, and things lined up, to say the least, after that in Vermont uh, for me to come back to Truckee. So, um, yeah, still a possibility. But did you, I mean, was uh, your choice to come back here like a, a, a fully conscious one where you were like, I want to be here after being up there? I like it better here, or is it more like a few opportunities arose where I'm not ready to leave yet and I'm going to stay? It was kind of a combination of both yeah. uh, with work. You know, I have uh, the, <clears throat> the option to learn a lot more about the company that I work for that I love. And, and that company is? New Moon Natural Foods. There Let's we go. Give them a shout out. Give them a shout. They, yeah. they, they give Jake Mon a long leash to go... Uh, on these bike trips. It's cool. <laughs> but it sounds like lately you've been on a very short lease, huh? Yeah. You've been, been nine to five in it? I've been a weekend warrior, which is the first time ever. Yeah. Um, it's taken a toll on my... my uh, Jake Mon lifestyle. My Jake Mon lifestyle, dude. <laughs> he can't stay up as late and go see as much music. But um, yeah, there. you know, Truckee's hard to leave. It is. Yeah. Um, I found a great community here with great people obviously the access to all the outdoor sports is incredible and kind of hard to beat mm-hmm. when it snows and um yeah living situation work it's yeah I've, I've kind of found myself in a good spot yeah be silly to leave good for I'm now glad to hear that yeah that's yeah. awesome man so yeah, you're that's, because that's not the case for a lot of people totally and, and i know. totally understand that i'm super grateful um, it's just, I think it really boils down to, um, plugging yourself into the community and getting to know the people in the community. Hmm. Um, you got to get out there. New moons. You got to put know, yourself out there. Yeah. New moons, my community and a lot of great people come in and out of their mm-hmm. employee and customer wise. Um, so yeah. And you're a pretty charismatic guy. I'm sure you, you meet a lot of people in your course of your work day huh yeah here and there yep yeah i would say so yeah <laughs> so are you a manager now are you a big manager guy uh i'm assistant to the, the assistant manager no the assistant to <laughs> um the buyer of wine frozen refrigerated and grocery buying oh okay who also does digital invoicing and accounts payable so you're on the buyer track Sort that's of. the that's the goal yeah that's a good that's a good path dude yeah it's it's all new stuff yeah um it's really cool to see how a company runs from the inside like mm-hmm. that um it gives me a lot more appreciation for what everybody does there yeah and the process and doing it all so yeah cool. do you get to buy the cheese <laughs> we have a specialty <laughs> cheese buyer you do yeah oh. he is the monger of new moon the cheesemonger the cheesemonger oh wow yes it seems like you'd be gaming for that job shout out to cheese pete <laughs> cheese pete cheese pete man he's got it dialed in the cheese realm oh, okay. all right if i could have 
you know, I can't, I can't bring all that. Is he a Packers? Is he a Packers fan? He's a Steelers fan, actually. All right, I gotta meet Cheese <laughs> Pete, man. <laughs> Come on in, Cheese Pete. Is it? Does he say an at or yins? Does he say yins? He's know. a. If he's a, is he from Pittsburgh? He, he. I'm pretty sure he's from around there. Oh no, he's from upstate New York. But he's a Steelers fan. Big Steelers fan. Okay, he can't be a Jets fan these days, you know. I guess not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not a whole lot of fun things to be a Jets fan for. Yeah. The Steelers, man. I'm not even, I don't even watch football anymore. And I'm still, I always check to see what the Steelers are doing. I haven't, I haven't watched football and I got, I got knows how long, but I grew up in Pittsburgh and watched the Steelers when I was a kid. So I'm still like, what are the Steelers doing? It's the only team I really care about. Yeah. I used to follow the Patriots until Tom Brady left. Right. I don't fall football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if Tom Brady started his own new sport, you would follow that sport. No, it's Tom I probably Brady. wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> so what you're saying no is you're a Tom Brady fan. <laughs> yeah, I will say no to that. <laughs> but I have no further comments. <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Uh, I know. I don't foot, know either. Foot what? Uh, I foot don't know. Football man. <laughs> it's what you uh, Americans call sucker. Psst. Hey, you. Yeah, you across the garage. The guy who never uses me. I've been hanging in the rafters for years. My top sheet's buried in dust. My rails are rusty. I haven't seen wax since I was new. You're always grabbing that shiny new board next to me. I want a new owner, man. You're lame. Am I hallucinating? No. This is your old split board speaking. I'm sorry, you're right. But I hate selling stuff online. Nothing but scammers... Or thieves will come by to the house, case the joint, and rob me. Well, maybe if you got robbed, I'd get a new home. There's a better way to buy, sell, and rent used outdoor gear. Sendy, a new peer-to-peer online marketplace backed by Cam Zink and Travis Rice. Built by athletes for athletes, Sendy is committed to providing the outdoor community with a high-quality hub for high-quality gear. Sendy provides a safe platform for buying, selling, and renting, making sketchy meetups with shady characters and seedy parking lots a thing of the past. Sendy uses integrated and discounted UPS rates, QR codes, and print-ready labels, shipping anywhere in the U.S., with Canada coming soon. Download the app today for free at the Apple Store, Google Play, or visit sendy.io. Buy it, sell it, rent it, and send it with Sendy, charter partner of Mind the Track. Now, back to the show. So let's get back to the bike a little bit, Jake. So what, like Klamath Falls, so what, after Klamath, you made your way to Bend. Yeah, well, the, uh, Crater Lake. Oh. So I stayed in Cave cool. Falls. Um, I stayed at Warm Showers host. Um, if Yeah, Warm Showers. Tell us a little bit about that if, for people who are not familiar with that. Yeah, it's a great uh, host program for uh, people cycle touring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... I think it's 20 bucks a year or they might have changed it to like five bucks a month or something. Um, but you reach out, it has a map of the icons of where people are. It's like an app. Yeah. And you just message, you know, a host and like, Hey, you know, this is when I'm going to be here. Do you have room? Um, minimum, it is a place to put a tent and access to a shower, mm-hmm. which is the showers. always, oh, you know, a nice bonus. Um, but Usually, most of the time, it's going to be, you know, they'll supply you with breakfast or dinner and share stories. They're usually cycle tourists as well and have all these cool things to, like beta and local routes and bike packing advice. And mm-hmm. It's really cool. But in Klamath Falls, 
I say it was somebody who didn't cycle to her. Um, she was such a sweetheart. Her name was M- Emily, I want to say. But she had, she loves cats. She had about nine cats running around. And it was it was quite the quite the experience. Are you allergic or not? No, I love cats, but it was a you know it was an abundant amount of cats. Like were you choking on hairballs? Uh, like in my sleep once. <laughs> were you having flashbacks to the skunk, yeah. to the skunk attack? Oh, skunk was in the future at this point. Okay. Um, so yeah, from Klamath Falls, I boogied up to uh, Jackson Kimball State Park, which is just south. East of Crater Lake. Yep. Stay there. Most mosquitoes of the trip. Um, South of Crater Lake. Yeah. Full rain gear. Um, full, like, no skin exposed. Just... Did you have a net on? You have a face net? Did not have a face net. Did you need one? Uh, I could have used one, yeah. <laughs> but if I didn't bring the face net, I could bring more cheese. So it was kind <laughs> of like a trade-off in that sense. Um <laughs> Space you, no, wise. but you, you wear the face net the whole trip. Oh, over your helmet. <laughs> I have not experienced. Okay, this yet. so here's a hot tip for you: um, if you live or ride in a place with a lot of face flies um, or no seams, go to the hardware store for dollar ninety nine. You buy one of those head nets. Oh. You throw it over your helmet. Problem solved. Wow. It looks real weird, and people will look at you and go, or if you're, like, you know, climbing a long way, you just wear a baseball cap and throw it over, and that way the bill, right? Like, they'll look at you and go, what are you doing? But then when they're next to you riding and they're getting attacked by bugs, they're going to look at you and think you're pretty damn smart. And they're like, that's actually a good idea. Because Dang. it's totally breathable. Like, you don't even know it's there right. until you spit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, and you're like, ah, damn it. <laughs> Headnet. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like on a long climb in Downeyville and there's like this one climb where there's face flies all the time. And so I have my head net on and I'm just like just, you know, like grunting and sweating and breathing and I just like go to spit. It's just like boom, a loogie like right in front of my face. I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> damn it. <laughs> You anyway. need to patent your own angry single speeder face net. Well, I want to do an integrated like helmet net where you like push a button and it just goes and it just like Ooh. comes down around you, you know? Mm. That'd be like a new feature. Oh, those face nets are the worst though. <laughs> oh, the face flies are. Did you have a problem with face flies on your trip? No. Jackson Kimball, I mean, that was Oregon. It's like, man, it's going to get real bad from here. Yeah. You know, going up into the Pacific Northwest, which I've never been to. He's like, oh yeah, it's pretty wet and damp and it rains. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, then Grouping. not last year up there though. So that that was one of my questions. Like, at what point on your ride did you realize that you had ridden out of the historic winter that California had, and you rode into sort of like a drought winter in the Pacific Northwest, which they had. They yeah, they did not have a good winter last year. So at a certain point, you had to have sort of crossed the line and been like, well, there's what happened to winter, or the remnants of it, I guess. I don't know. I ran into snow all the way up to Olympia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, We ran into some snow. Danny and I, when I say we, uh, we ran into some snow going into Randall, Washington. Um, We pushed our bikes on a ridge line and ended up dropping this insane single track moto trail 
where I blew my back tire up, like, first rock feature. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so we had a little maintenance there. We're riding down. It's, like, jagged, exposed, steep. He's on a surly uh, Krampus, three-plus tires, no suspension. I've got my hardtail with 100 in the front. And there's this one huge right-hand turn down, and it's all rock, like one large rock. And we keep, we ride, we ride the whole trail. We clean the whole thing and get to the bottom, cross the river. Gets a little stormy. We pitter-patter to the pavement and get into Randall, Washington. And we roll up to the one bar in town. Randall? Randall. Randall. Randall, Washington. And this is near where? Uh, this is going to be... Southern Washington? Yep. This like... is going to be just south of the split between Adams and Helens. Going okay. up into the Gifford Pinchot. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's beautiful. Randall's going to be j- just west of Packwood. Okay. Um, so we get to Randall, and the bar's right there. The only business in town, I think, besides the gas station. So <clears throat> roll my bike up, put it against the planter. There's a guy on FaceTiming. And uh, put the bike up, turn around. He's FaceTiming. He just goes like this and holds out a joint. <laughs> this guy does not look over at me at all. I'm like, but did he know? Did he know that you rode up on a bike? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was standing he there the whole time. <clears throat> Got so it. So he he hands me this joint. And I'm like, doesn't skip a beat. Yeah. I'm like looking around. I'm like, all right. Thanks. And I grab it, and right before I puff it, he goes, "One rule." It's puff, puff, pass. Two and give it back. I was like, <laughs> all right. So I, I take two Welcome puffs. Welcome to Randall. Don't vulgar right joint. Right? Yeah, and he's on FaceTime. He's like, oh. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just handing a smelly biker man, a, you know, a joint. And uh, sorry, I'm just a little distracted right now. Meanwhile, he's not paying any attention to me. It was the most bizarre experience ever. So it was pretty funny. We proceeded to go into the bar, order two meals each. And uh, he got to meet all the locals of Randall, Washington. It was a classic bar. Were they? Did they think you guys were crazy because you rode your bikes all that way with all those things on your bike? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the best part was they go, oh, you guys came down Dark Meadow. Did you guys hit the rock staircase? We're like, they, they, yeah. they knew. They knew. They knew the exact <laughs> rock that we went over. We're like, oh, yeah. They're like, on those bikes? We're like, yeah. They're like. You guys are legends. You guys are the craziest people we've met, you know. And it was it was quite the scene in there. So that was dark. Can- was that Dark Canyon too, or uh, was Dark Meadow and Dark Canyon different? I'm not sure. I didn't see Dark Canyon there. Oh, you didn't do. So Dark Meadow is the name of the trail you guys came down. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to look that one up. It sounds kind of rad. It was pretty rad. It's a loose, janky moto trail. Yeah, like big descent. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's probably about two grand. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. It was beautiful up there. But what was the biggest descent you had of the trip? Of the summer? Yeah, of the whole summer. Uh, probably when Bjorn and I went out to Wenatchee and we went up and camped at Lake Chelan. We had a 6,100-foot 6, climb. We got up to mm-hmm. the top. No relief. I mean, there's no downhills. Just all dirt road up, 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 up. We had a 15-mile... 6,000 foot descent. No pedaling involved. Wow. 
Wow. Dang. All the way down to the river where we camped. Holy crap. That's like bigger that's than Downeyville. It was huge. It was, I mean, it was a good three hours of uphill. Wow. What yeah. trail was that? Do you remember? Was it one trail or a series of trails? I can't remember the name of that one going down. But it was from like west of Chelan, way up in the top of the Cascades and then down? Yep. All the way up and then dropped down into Eniat Valley. Okay. And then camped there for the night and then did a 5,600 foot climb up and then had another Damn. 14 mile downhill to pavement where we went into Leavenworth and took a day off there. Leavenworth's a cool town. Did you enjoy it? Oh, so rad. Yeah. 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 Did you ride in Leavenworth? Any of the trails there? We did not. There's some good riding there. I have been, I was told by the, the guys at Arlberg uh, Sports. Yeah, Xanadu and yeah and rosie boa like there's some cool whoever built the trails in leavenworth is infatuated with knife edge ridge like they build the trail right on this knife edge ridge where it's a drop off on both sides whoa it's pretty cool yeah sick yeah did you go eat at the bavarian theme did you get some wiener schnitzel and some spätzle we got some schnitzel yeah it was nice <laughs> from a guy we wearing to... a green sweater <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very appropriate <laughs> Phil coming. Uh, yeah, it was it was a fun time. We ran into uh, uh, we were sitting outside of oh gosh, what was it? We were in Wenatchee, sitting outside of Sportsman's Warehouse, plugged in the you know the side of the building to charge some devices. Uh-huh. I get a text as soon as I sit down. Hey, are you in Wenatchee? Phone number I don't re- I rec- I don't recognize from the East Coast. I'm like yeah, figure that's all like social media or something. Before I know it, it's a girl that I went to college with eight years ago that I haven't seen. What? In eight years, she's walking across the parking lot with her boyfriend. She goes, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> getting snacks, like, first of all, and then we're going to do this loop and then come in Leavenworth. And they're like, no way. We live in Leavenworth. You guys should totally stay with us. It's mm. oh, so awesome. I yeah. love when those things that's happen. That's cool when kismet happens like that. And they're like, we've never been to Sportsman's Warehouse before. You know, it was just like an off chance coincidence. Random. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That's really cool. Did you have any other like, uh, like uh, encounters like that, similar to that? or? Yeah. Yeah, you, actually, you might remember David, who I met at the Sierra Nevada tent at uh, the Lost and Found Gravel Grinder. Uh-huh. There was a couple, there's two dudes standing right there when I came up and found you. Yep. One of them was very interested in the trip. I was like, "Yeah, man, like we're going up to the Olympic Peninsula, and where I am." And it's like, "Oh, when are you gonna oh, be?" Diamond Dave, was it Dave? Maybe. The he was super the, friendly, nice guy, on like the yellow bike. Yeah, 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 dude. Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave. The guy's a badass. Yeah, straight for badass. sure. Yeah. So I'm like, "Yeah, man, like I'll let you know when I'm up there." He's like, "Oh, I'll be up there for so and so." I'm like, "Cool," like you know, just in passing, like super friendly, dude get his number he texts me maybe a couple weeks later and i'm like oh he's like when are you gonna be up up to the peninsula i'm like i don't know whenever the wind gets me there you know i'm not really in a rush and we take a rest day in olympia me and danny at this point and we're at this guy's house and i'm like oh no shit there's a there's a bike packing race going clockwise around the olympic peninsula oh wow i'm like hey like we were just going to ride 101 straight up because it's kind of hard to find a route. Uh, let's do this in reverse. You know, cut up, do all these dirt roads and get up to Port Townsend. Um, 
So we do that for a day, and then the second day we hit this gas station, and there's four bike packers right there. I'm like, yo, we got. I always, I have to go say hi to anybody that's bike packing sure. if I'm out on the road. So we cruise in, take the helmet off. Danny just lost his jersey like on the trail, like super bombed. We went back for a little bit to look for it. So we're like, we're gonna get, get some ice cream, get some snacks, cold, cold beverage. And I take my helmet off and I turn around and it's David. I'm a Dave right there. I was like, he's like, Jake. I'm like, no way, man. I'm like, he's like, yeah, this is why I'm up here. I'm doing this race. I'm like, no kidding. That's so random. Oh, so wild. That's you know? so cool. And he, he lives in the Bay or where does he live? He does. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's like, oh, that's dude. so cool. Yeah. And they were like trying to get going and. There's a pack, there are like four people riding together, kind of leapfrogging. And it's like, oh, dude, we'll see you back in the hill. And my buddy Danny's like, dude, he can grab my jersey. <laughs> if he sees it. If, if he, he sees, sees it, it, it's a black jersey. <laughs> Lo and behold, he did. He ended up grabbing Danny's jersey off the ground on the trail and then biked around the whole route, which was like. To find you to give it like back? 350 more miles. <laughs> So we so get this we go up to Port Towns and we uh, a friend drives Danny's truck up, we go out do an overnighter take the ferry over to uh, Coopville which is an island it's part of an island from Port Towns and come back, and I get a call from David he's like hey man just finished uh, you know doing our race I'm like sick he's like I got the jersey I'm like <laughs> no way I'm like I just said goodbye to Danny. And Dennis, I'm up on the bluff, like, waving down to them. He's like, yeah, we're going to leave Squim right now and hit 101. I'm like, dude, I'm giving you Danny's number. I think you guys are going to hit the road at the same time. And lo and behold, they were 30 seconds away from each other. Oh, my God. Hitting 101. And Danny got his jersey back, like, right there. That is so cool. Yeah. A lot of small world stories. The bike? Yeah, the bike. It's a magical thing, man, especially when you pack all your belongings on it and just go pedal. Yeah. Yeah. And put your faith in it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you got to put your faith in it and you got to just Im- immerse yourself in that world and that lifestyle. But people love it, man. People love to see that happening and they'll support it. Like, you know, they invite you to their home, they buy you dinner, they give you a joint while they're FaceTiming, you know, like. <laughs> There's so many things that <laughs> that just puff puff pass though. Yeah. Um, don't bogart it. No but three. yeah. The weather was cooperative or was it uncooperative? Cuz that can make or break a trip sometimes. So all the way up to, you know, we got had we had a heavy winter here, so there's a lot of snow out and about. Yeah. And just moisture. Um so there were like storms. I didn't really get caught in any. Um until just north of Bend, mm-hmm. north of the Sisters, mm-hmm. and north of Sisters, the town. Yeah. Um, I took about four days off in Bend and caught up with about a dozen college friends who I hadn't seen in years. And finally, after getting offered a job and a bedroom to move into and not leave Bend, I finally <laughs> left Bend <laughs> and made it to Sisters. <laughs> it was a tough decision. Um and did a short like 30 mile day and the next day um i got caught in a sn- pretty pretty bad snowstorm that was first rain um so i was super soaked 
soaked through my puffy raincoat. Ooh. And then it started snowing, and I knew that there was a youth camp that would host cyclists. Um, this was on the, oh gosh, uh, Oregon Outback Trail. No, yeah. sorry, the Timber Trail. It yep. goes north to south. Oregon Timber Trail, yeah. Yep, single track oriented bikepacking route. So I was on there. I knew there was this camp. It was about seven miles away. It's a lot of climbing. And <clears throat> I kept a really strong mental state, which is really, really important in that circumstance because it was about 30 degrees and I was cold. And you are by yourself. I was, yeah, I was totally by myself. Um, there's no, no cell service and I didn't activate my satellite phone yet. So it was, it was a little nerve wracking, but usually those things go all right. I knew there was a campground too. And I see a sign for a shelter, the Brandenburg shelter, like half mile off trail. It's like, I don't know. My bike just went that way. It's <laughs> like, all right, we're going this way. And it's snowing kind of sideways, but not super heavy. And I get up to the shelter, and you're at the back side of it, so you can't see the door. I'm like, oh, this thing better be unlocked, otherwise I'm pretty screwed. And I cruise around the other side, and it's a three-doored shelter. It's a three-walled shelter, and there's a wood stove in the middle of it. I remember your I video. Remember this from yeah. your Instagram and it was yeah. completely lined with dry wood. So I got super naked, got on the last pieces of dry clothing I had, and heated up a fire. And all I dried all of my belongings. You just proceeded to sauna the place out. <laughs> uh, dude, I was in a t-shirt. Like, it was quite. It was probably the scariest moment of the trip. Um, other than one run run in, in a motel, uh, gas station, convenience store. So, like, what was your internal conversation like in that in those moments before you got to that shelter? Like, what, <clears throat> like, what are you talking to yourself? like through do you remember some of those thoughts and what was going through your head yeah i mean it was is pretty out there you know you're trying to figure out if you want to stop and set up a tent and stay out in the cold um and just like bundle up for the night and try and get warm pretty unmotivated to make food at that point too um but i knew there was like a a climb there's like kind of pitter-pattery like roller coaster to this campground this is like my backup resort um it was like that borderline scared 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 for your life kind of situation Mm -hmm. um but somehow those are the type the type 2.5 fun Mm -hmm. is always worth the story and it's good to know that you can put yourself through that stuff and Mm -hmm be all right yeah but yeah that was a that was a scary one for sure so what's the motel one? Oh, are you sure you want to know that one <laughs> i don't know man i don't know maybe like, i don't is this like a bates motel story <laughs> dude way worse <laughs> so i I'm I'm, in, I'm I'm intrigued i definitely want to know now so i'm almost to bend i'm almost to chamol which is just south of bend and uh, it was a, there ended up being a private road. So I detoured onto the, like the main road, which was the worst, but it was pretty hot out and I needed a cold beverage and some snacks and see a sign for market new management, you know, I'm like, Oh sweet. I haven't seen anything in miles. I'm like 
pull over here. Whispering Pines is the name of the market, but it's... Sounds nice. It's eight units of a ho motel room. You know, and you got, hmm. you got a woman just door open, like, hmm. smoking cigarettes. She's probably been there for three years. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to really go in there. I pull up to the door and... Uh, I'll just turn around. I don't, I don't, this uh, bad, bad feeling about this place. Mm -hmm. And this guy comes out and goes, can I help you? And, you know, I was pretty confused to see another human being there. felt yeah. like, he's like, oh yeah, I was just looking for, uh, you know, a bag of chips and a soda. And I was like, hmm. All right. And he just goes in another door and lets me in. And I was like, all right. So you, I walk in. Is that code for like drugs? I don't know. I was like, I did. I, was, I just need a bag of chips and so what like, kind of chips? Potato uh, Lay's. <laughs> I got you coming this door. Like I walk in and it's the counter. This is first of all the the room. The two rooms of the market is two hotel rooms with a wall blown out. It's just a you know makeshift market. And there's VHS, you know, stacks right Rent there. Rentals? Oh, yeah. VHS, oh, you could rent VHS rent. Oh, hundreds of them. Whoa. I know. And I, I'm Would you just go back in time 25 years? Yes, yeah, quite a trip. And it's I turn, Oregon, dude. I turn, and it's like self-standing shelf, like shelving units in this place, and like a roll-in fridge. It's very, very sketchy. And I'm like, oh, he's like, oh, the drinks are over here. You go first. I'm like... I'm like, no way. <laughs> you go first. I'm like, I'm walking into the corner and you're telling me to go first. I'm like, I might die like right now. What's this guy look like? <sighs> Do you have any teeth? I mean, I don't want to like put people that shop at Walmart in a category. But, you know, it was like he had like some teeth. And, <laughs> some teeth. And just like a shirt that he probably hadn't washed in months. And so he's like you. Yeah, he, 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 smelled, teeth, he but... smelled worse than me, which was the, <laughs> the like, I didn't even think that was possible at that point. So did he get you a soda and some chips? Yeah, so he corners me into the, the zone for getting a Dr. Pepper. I'm like, all right. And he's just like standing about two feet behind me. I'm like, I, I could, I, this could be it. You know, you want a Dr. Pepper? You think he's gonna shank yeah, you or reach, something? Yeah, like reach in slowly. I'm like, I'm good to go. I'm like, all right, I'll just get that. He's like, oh, you wanted chips too, right? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I could use some chips. Yeah, I did say that, so I get a bag of chips and I go over to ring out. He goes, twelve dollars. I was like, okay. <laughs> Well, I was like, I was like, here's here's fifteen. I don't know. I'll leave. <laughs> and I got the hell out of there. So that, I mean, because I got to imagine you have pretty good like uh, creep radar, going being on the road for as long as you have, and that one really creeped you out, huh? Yeah, I still think about that a lot. It sounds like your bike even didn't even want to go like go in there. No, it was it was not a good place, and the fact that it was called Whispering Pines did not help at all. It was just like, what do you think? Like whispering did before you had this whispering pines experience, what came to mind when you thought of whispering pines? Like, like a sounds like a retirement community. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Oh, it sounds like more like horror movie asked to me. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe, it was, maybe it was the experience, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So what's that thing called when people find water with the witching with, with the witching divining, fork? divining, divining. Yeah. Like, do you feel like your bike had the divining 
oh aspect to it on this trip where it could lead you it led you to that shelter but it tried to also lead you away to from death. The, <laughs> to led you away from the peppering vines yeah i think i had it pointed the wrong way like it was upside down at one point so <laughs> like re, <laughs> re to recalibrate the, <laughs> to recalibrate the bike after that ex- experience at the hotel or did you have hotel. a name for your bike on this trip uh the surly i named it sunshine daydream and it kept the good vibes going pretty much the whole mm-hmm. way up. Um, it did point me in the right direction pretty much the whole summer. That's awesome. It was it was pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of other small small stories that came along in the travels. But, yeah. Was there any uh, place along the way that um, along the trip that really stood out to you, like that left an impact after the in looking back on the trip, where you're like, that was such a cool place. I have to go back there that you hadn't been before. I think the Olympic Peninsula in, really? in general, um, from Port Townsend to Port Angeles, um, all the way over to La Push. It was pretty magical. Uh, the people that were out there were so cool. Ralph Backstrom, um, who lives here in, in town that runs mm-hmm. Pacific Crest Coffee, yeah, lined me up with some of his college buddies. Um, mm. Actually, one college buddy. And I ended up meeting like five more of them just being in town and like randomly running into them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was quite crazy. Definitely a small world, but I mean the contrast of ocean to hot springs to rivers to the Olympic mountains and the lushness of it is pretty astonishing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> nice man. Yeah. What, what's, what's, uh, What's the next trip you've been? Have you been scheming your next adventure? Yeah, you've been laying out some maps and there's there's a couple ideas. Looking at ideas. Yeah, it's established routes, but um, I want to go over do the Great Britain Divide. Great Britain Divide. So the bottom of England to the top of Scotland. Oh, cool! That sounds rad. Yeah, it sounds think... like a drinking tour. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lots uh, of pubs. Yeah, lots, lots of pubs. Pub. Pubs and pints. Pub life. Um, yeah, I think that that'll be the next one probably in a couple of years. But cool. It'd be cool to route another one. I would like to go Trans Am on gravel. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and Trans Am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That whole rail trail system that they kind of pieced together is pretty sweet. Yep. We ran into uh, one veteran that was biking it mm-hmm. and was fully sponsored through an organization. We ran into him in Clay Ellum and he said it was phenomenal i mean you know you're not climbing anything that's more than four percent yeah 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 (laughs) you know it's a pretty fast trip but you know you got to remember to go west to east that way you got to tailwind the whole time right totally yeah whoever does east to west they're crazier than us all you seem to be more into these north south or south north trips yeah i think it's turned into this big exploration of the west you know, um, on the divide, I did Montana, corner of Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico. Now I just hit California, Oregon, Oregon Washington. Washington. And it was, I mean, Washington. I mean, it's awful. I would never go there again. But yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool up there, I will say. Yeah. Um, I would definitely go back and could picture myself living there maybe for a, a stint of time. We'll see. 
Nice man. Um, and the Truckee, your Truckee Bike Packing Collective, right? That's the name of your yep. bike packing group. Yeah. How's that been going? It took a little hiatus this year. Yeah. Um, had some friends took help. a road trip to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I had some friends help out, but it's it's got it's there's some organization going into it. Cool. Um, with routing and having presence with getting the word out and all that stuff. So. It was kind of a heavy ask, and I, I had low expectations, but they got out for a ride or two, and um, cool. but I'm I'm more than excited to fire that back up in 2024. So yeah, I'd like to join you for for a little uh, soiree somewhere, bike pack glamping. Yeah, totally. Maybe we can get some mind the track listeners and posse together and go yeah. do some camping. Totally, Jake, man, that'd be fun. Go up to Whispering Pines, be awesome. <laughs> 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 Only if they have cheese there. <laughs> Dr. <I'm> like, Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll pass on the Whispering Pines. <laughs> well, I think we're going to bring this one to a close. Yeah, Tom, you have any good. closing thoughts or anything? Any qu- closing questions? No. Just everybody keep their fingers crossed and doing the Crip Pow Walk dance. Yeah. And giving some shout-outs to Uller. Let's make it snow. Yeah, let's I'm, make I'm it I'm ready. This all this bike talk. It's been cool to wrap up this year with the bike episode. Yeah. And when we come back from, I think, the holiday, we're going to be talking about skiing and snowboarding. Let's sure hope and so. And all things snow. It's yeah. time. I think El Nino's finally going to kick in and, uh, and, and make things interesting for us up here in Tahoe. So, yeah. Yeah, let's just keep, keep thinking the positive pow thoughts. Jake, mine, you got your... You ski or snowboarder? Snowboard. He's actually a ripping snowboarder. I bet he is. No, I don't know about that. Pretty, he's, he's from Vermont, good. dude. He's good. <laughs> Everybody from Vermont's gnarly on snow. Um, have you been out? I got a day in at Boreal. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Different muscles than biking. Yeah. I remember that a pretty lot quick. different. I got hit a little bit of metal with the snowboard Did you gyps some rails? Well, you know, it's the bare minimums. Yeah. I get out of the comfort zone. Hit some jumps. Cool. But, yeah. I'm excited for this season. I think it's going to line up pretty good. Snoop's saying the same, so. <laughs> heard it from Snoop. You heard it from Snoop first. No, man. Well, happy uh, holidays to you boys and everyone out there. Yeah. Happy thanks. holidays thanks. to all the listeners. And thanks for listening to the show all year long. And we're going we're gonna to keep it going into the new year. And, and uh, yeah, keep having rad guests. And keep sending those suggestions to us. We'd love to hear them. And we'd love to hear the feedback. Definitely. Keep yeah. spreading the word. Yeah. A lot of people are sharing. Yeah. That's how the, it seems like the pod's getting out that way. A lot of people are just texting their friends and sharing it uh, just simply that way. And, and it's getting it out there. Totally. So thanks. Yeah. Jake Mon, thank you as always Heck for yeah. being our first repeat guest. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. As it's always. good times catching up on your adventures, man. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have you again on a future episode. You're you got the radio voice and you got funny stories. So it's a good combo. Can't thank you enough. <laughs> thanks for having me in your cozy cozy living room here. Yeah, the house of uh Kurswan Johnsonheimer. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> <laughs> like a sign is in place. I can't even say that. <laughs> You got to practice, Chris Juan Johnsonheimer. Oh, is that one word? Two. Oh, it's two I mean, you could two. Make, in German, it'd be one. I think it's one word. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening to episode number twenty-eight of Mind the Track with our guest Jake Mann. 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 It's been a great conversation, and we're glad that you have tuned into Mind the Track all year. 
Uh, if we don't see you by the end of this year, you'll definitely be seeing us and hearing from us the beginning of the new year. So have a great holiday, everyone. And until next time, get out there, get deep, and put your mind in the track. Mind.